And so if I were to boil all of this down to one kind of baseline, uh, I like bottom line more, bottom line <laughs> statement, I would say who's at the center of your life? Is it you or is it God? Yeah. And if God is at the center, then there's no question about where your heart is at and in making these decisions, which is, you know, it's easier to say it's so hard to do. But uh, I'd, I like that as a bottom line statement for all of Three, two, one. We're so, so, we're back. so back. Let's go. <laughs> that was so off sync. It's okay. <laughs> I love it. This is our first recording. Wink, wink. No, just kidding. Uh, we already recorded one uh, since we got back for break. But uh, that was just a, an open floor that we're saving for later. And this is our first real episode coming back. Uh, and we're first uh, organized one, rather. Right. And we're going to be continuing the spiritual disciplines for two more episodes. Yes. We've got stewardship today and then evangelism next. Uh, some things new since it's a new year. <laughs> uh, we came up with a new logo that incorporates the Purdue clock tower in it, uh, which is was a little uh, a little debatable. But, but we settled on it. And uh, we want to explain to you why it has the clock tower because we go to Purdue and it's literally right out the building that we record in. So if you're going to have a skyline of Purdue University, the clock tower would be, you know, front center. Oh, yeah. So it's like a symbol for Purdue University. It's right outside of the building where we record. And it's a symbol for. It's a really it's a really tall structure. So it really embodies the type of tall conversation that we have on the top floor. That's what I and we we always strive for new heights because it's a tall tower. And as Drew said, we always drop in timely manner like a clock. Yes. So really, there's a ton of meanings. Shout out Truett for designing it. Drew's brother. Yeah. Um. But yeah. We're uh, excited for some new stuff. Hopefully, um, we'll get back into the swing of things fast here in this episode. Um, but yeah, this one's on stewardship. Boom. Without further ado, let's start with the definition. Um, uh, Merriam-Webster defines it as the conducting, supervising, or managing of something. It's pretty broad. Um, but... Then, um, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how the idea of stewardship is kind of redefined in kingdom terms, and I would argue that it is first kind of introduced and defined in Genesis chapter 1 in uh, the creation of man. It's uh, starting at verse 26. It says, then God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion 
over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over uh, and over all earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So right there you have dominion over all things on earth. Um, it goes on to say, so God created man as in his own image and the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Um, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over everything, living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, um, and behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed and its fruit, and you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I've given, I have given every green plant for food and it was so so right there you have uh, man is given dominion over all other living things we're set apart um, I would this kind of going on to another topic but I'd say because we have a soul and spiritual connection to God we're set on sort of a different level and given dominion over all earthly things um and so yeah and then stewardship i'd say going off of that is our duty to um conduct supervise and manage those things for the kingdom purposes uh yes i like to also say though with more of a personal touch because um, I don't think you have the right to give someone else's money away. <laughs> you know, just like within your, um, within your handle. So we're talking about money and time. So like, where does that fit in with stewardship? Um, in terms of like, like where did that idea start for you? Were you just like, understand stewardship as giving money or yeah so donating um if you look at your resources the two resources you have are money and uh time i would say you probably have more but i can't think of some off the top of my head i mean because really things that you do are a part of your time so in that sense um like uh, we all have skills that we can sort of give to other people, but you're also giving them your time through that. So I think those are the most encompassing uh, things. Uh, although you could say that your money is time, so everything is time. And, no, that's getting too far. <laughs> um, so what was your question? How does it? Like, I, I'm just wondering how you, how you got there from what Drew read about uh, us having dominion. Dominion. Uh, well, so dominion over the world, God has everything in the world and he gives stuff to us, right? So I think the stuff that is given to us, we are too. like in that day, Adam was really given dominion over everything. Am I, I don't know, but he was also the first person like ever. And so how does that change with, uh, an increased population of the earth? Thoughts? Oh, so you're saying he was referring to just Adam as having dominion over the earth and not... Well, at that time, he after. was the only person to have dominion. 
Sure. Whereas now there are more people, so dominion is shared. So I'm saying that you have dominion over your own things. Right. So, yeah, I was thinking about this. And so I do think there are more like types of stewardship. So you have like monetary. Um, I said interpersonal would be one where you have um, you can steward your time towards other people and your connection okay, towards yeah, other people. Yeah. Um, and like talents is one that we've said. Um, and I think going back to the Genesis one thing, I was focusing more on just the idea that mankind has to make yeah, not yeah, specifically yeah. that Adam. Yeah. Sorry, did. That's just and where so, my mind went. Yeah. I think Adam, you could say maybe bared, uh, bared a lot of responsibility in that. A ton of responsibility. I've I've never seen that as a stewardship uh, view, but rather a responsibility type of type of view. In in, in the sense like God gave us, uh, um, yeah. So like God gave Adam the work of naming all the animals. Sure. In a sense, that's dominion over everything. And so I always took that as like we're meant to work, we're meant to be of service. But I guess. I guess that is kind of yeah. stewardship. I mean, yeah, what is responsibility? Yeah. I, I would say it's when you have responsibility, you have a sort of control or power over to change one thing or another to make some decision. Um, and that decision can either be directed, uh, you know, to the furtherance of God's kingdom or not. Mm-hmm. I, I like this Genesis um, perspective of it because that's kind of where I was really looking at it because like from the very beginning um, it just seems like God put Adam on this earth and like wanted to give him a purpose and like I guess if you if you ever ask or if you ever ask yourself like why did God need to make humans like we don't really do anything for him um, like I think stewardship provides us our like primary purpose which We'll get to later about like how important of a spiritual discipline this is. But basically the fact that he was like, look at all this. You have the Garden of Eden um, and like the Merriam-Webster uh, definition I even like because it says manage. But he's like, manage my creation, like eat from these trees, be fruitful, um, take care of these animals, uh, multiply like he's giving Adam multiple like purposes to do. And if Adam was to just be like, cause at this point Adam can't die. So he really doesn't have to do any of that. Um, and so he could just like sit around and be like, I'm okay. But like the challenge of stewardship is to use what we have and like get the most out of it, get the most benefit out of it. So, um, I, yeah, like, I don't know with, with what we have, we should, like use it to like drew was saying help the kingdom or um and that's just our ultimate purpose so stewardship i feel like there's a lot of things that could fall under it because it's like the first thing (laughs) yeah uh so this book that i'm reading it's on the spiritual disciplines so he took a very interesting stance on stewardship he was not so much in the sense of like what who's he Oh, uh, John Whitney. Wait, no, no, no. That's not it. What's the book called? 
uh, spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. Don Whitney. Don Whitney. Nice. <laughs> um, so, dang it, Simon, I've lost my train. Sorry, I'm just trying to um, be credible. You yeah. said he took a different take. <laughs> oh, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. So, I was thinking that you would go on the stance of like, okay, you have money, you have time, you should do that. You should use that to serve other people. Um, and like, kind of benefit the kingdom that way. He took it more of a, like, you like that is your worship in God. Like, uh, when you give your time to God in, in the sense of prayer or other forms of worship. And by you giving that time, that is worship, which was. So like in doing these other spiritual disciplines, like reading, it takes time to read. Praying takes time to pray. Yeah. Um, in doing those other things, like they all fall under stewardship. Is that what uh, I was going to say? Yes, in the sense that you're giving your time to do those things for God. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I but I had never seen that angle before because I was always like, oh, giving my time for others. But it's it's using your time on really kind of personal things because it's a personal relationship with God, but it's for God. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stewardship is very different from the other disciplines that we've done, I think, in that it's more of, I would say, an idea than an action. So I'd say that to some extent we're practicing, we can be practicing stewardship all the time. Like what we're doing with our time right now, it's not like I have, you know, five hours of the day where those are my Christian hours and I'm doing Christian things. Yeah. And you're going to divide those up into your various. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I go to school because, um, you know, I, I, I don't go to school for just my own personal, you know, benefit or whatever. Mm Um, I, I think, that idea is that everything that you do is not self-centered, but Christ-centered. Yeah. More than, you know, this is an action where I'm donating to this charity. or that That's 100% part of it. And when we break it down, we can look at, okay, how can this giving be done? And how can this time be used and allocated so that um, it's God-honoring? So, yeah. But yeah. You guys want to work through some biblical examples? I would love to. Uh, so the first, uh, the first thing that came to my mind, actually the second thing that came to my mind, Nicodemus gave money for Jesus's ministry, even though he wasn't uh, willing to be vocal or open about it, which I thought was very interesting, and that stewardship can be one of those actions that can go under the radar. Um, so maybe, yeah, I, I just, uh, an observation I, I noted. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe what makes the Christian life stand out from any other life or any other, you know, conviction that you lead is that there's something to, you know, ground your whole life on and that is like living for the living for Christ and for his glory. Sorry, go ahead, Simon. Uh, I was going to say like that kind of like hearing you talk about how it's not really an action type of thing. 
and you're saying like it goes overlooked. Um, I agree. And I feel like my thought process, like again, going back to the garden and like how God's command was to like go and bear, bear fruit. Um, like the fruits of the spirit is something that we talk about a lot and like kids have memorized, but, um, I don't know when, when I first started like, um, really wanting to get that personal relationship with Christ, I got advice about how like this journey, it's not like, like baptism is symbolic, but it's not for baptism. Like you're going to go past that and your relationship is going to grow and the way to like help it grow and to, um, be fulfilled is to bear fruit because that's what God wants us to do. But I think that's what stewardship is, is, is like just like a singular word for the action of like bearing fruit. Kind of the post, not post baptism. Cause you can also be a, like stewardess, steward, stewardly, stewardly <laughs> before your baptism. But I mean, really kind of, it just gives you us like a, uh, cause like before baptism, you're obviously working to, you know, work, work things through with like repentance and, mm-hmm. and having a contrite heart and stuff. Yeah. But stewardship is like the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also something to note, Simon got baptized over, over Christmas break, yeah, which yeah. was, I did. We missed, we missed that. that. <laughs> so did someone tell you that recently? That uh, advice? no, it was, it was a while ago, okay. maybe near the end of the summer. Okay. That's yeah. what, that's what made me think no i mean now now that we're talking about this it's it was honestly just a thought that i had um just now about about the fruits of the spirit because it's like oh i I know them because like i memorized them when i was a Mm -hmm. kid but um no like (laughs) we we need to look at the fruits of the spirit and want to embody them and i feel like if you can reflect each day on like which which ones of these did i kind of harness today or which ones did i bear today um you'll feel a lot more fulfilled because I know before my baptism, I was praying like, okay, once I get baptized, I don't want to like just think that that's like the end of my journey. Yeah, and, and I, I, I feel like I did to to a certain extent. I was just kind of like, oh, I'm saved, I'm baptized. Okay, like that's, I'm a Christian. <laughs> uh, but there's so much more. And uh, I think becoming a part of the church has really helped me realize like, oh, you can give your time to, to the church and... Um, through that to God. Uh, and then also utilizing your gifts that you've been given. Uh, I know in, I think first Corinthians 12, it says that we're all bodies of, or members of the body of Christ mm-hmm. and we all have different gifts and we need to use them accordingly. So it's definitely kind of the, the thing to focus on after or not mm, just for the rest of your walk with Christ. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and it, it'll like, it'll only be a blessing. And I think the definition of blessing would be like God's favor. Um, and I think being in God's favor means you have a relationship with him. So um, that's ultimately what we should seek. Not, we shouldn't seek baptism. We're seeking baptism because we want to have a relationship with God. Um, and we want to like accept his, what he gives us and what he calls us to do. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, I think stewardship is a very broad thing. Like it could be fruits, it could be uh, action, it could be mindset, it could be all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to to hear more about like where this can go. Um, it looks like on on the document, we have a, a document in front of us right now that we share, but um, 
monetary interpersonal time and talents. I think what you just said about talents was something that I kind of wanted to touch on for this okay. episode. Yeah. Um, Interesting you, because I wanted to talk on the monetary side. Yeah. Okay. So we can hit talents first if you want. I think the story of the talents would be uh, quite a wait. The parable. Yeah. I'll give a paraphrase of it. <laughs> uh, Jesus said basically, um, he told a parable about how many people was it? Was it three? Three. Mm-hmm. And they each got given talents from their like head, their master. Mm-hmm. And he was like, go out and like come back to me and like make money or make something of these talents. Right. Or is ta- was talents referred to as like coin? It, it was a coin. Yeah. Yes. Not like a, a gift. Correct. Yeah. So yeah, he like they all went out and one of them like multiplied his talents, did what the master said and the master was like great one of them buried the talents in the ground and the other one lost them no trying to get something no so there was one that was given 10 one that was given five and one that was given just one so the 10 doubled his doubled the amount i think the five also doubled his amount and then the one just hit hit it and then went okay yeah and he was like how dare you give me back my money like you should have made some yeah so yeah 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 Um, so, I mean, I, again, call this back to the garden, uh, when I thought about the talents parable, like God wanted Adam to eat the fruit of the garden to make the most of what he was given. Um, and Adam, obviously they ate the wrong thing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but I mean, like God wanted Adam to use what he was given. And I think we can look at talents as in like more um, gifts that we have yeah. and that yep. we should use them to multiply God's kingdom. Yeah, whether it's money or like, actual gifts or talents, I think they can be applied the same. Um, yeah, I liked First Peter 4.10 says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. So, um, yeah, it it states that each has received a gift. It's not like if you've received a gift, you, everyone has something. Um, and so it, it's your choice, um, whether you use it or whether you bury it in the ground. Um, and yeah, going back to the parable, there's a, there's a clear option that is better. Yeah. Um, we, had a discipleship night last night in the Purdue Young group where people gave testimonies. And for me, when I heard them, I kind of like got a different view of like gifts and like what we can do for God's kingdom. Cause when I, when I hear like furthering God's kingdom, I usually think about um, expanding it or like going to non-believers and like evangelizing. But like if that's something that God calls us to do, but he's also like use your gifts and my gift is not to go out and evangelize. Like this is theoretical. I still trying to figure out what my gifts are, but anyway, um, like from hearing those testimonies, I was like, you can use your gifts within the church as well. And that's helping further God's God's kingdom as well, because you're, um, 
grounding God in other people's hearts. You're encouraging, you're showing him what the relationship means. Like that was just in sharing the testimonies, but I mean, it just goes to show that there are, um, things you can like other gifts you can use within the church. If you, if you're not as, uh, called to go out side of the church. Mm -hmm. So like when we usually talk about disciplines, we usually talk about how you're supposed to do them or like how the Bible says to do them. So I guess that's like kind of where I'm trying to like lean to as to how, how do we go about stewardship or how do we go about using our talents? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it starts with probably some self-reflection and uh, what's the other word? Um, Introspection. Uh, Because you got to know what you have to give before you give. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, we all have time and we all have money, so those are inexcusable. <laughs> I don't know about money, but yeah. Well, see, okay, I I want to talk about that because I'm a college student, so that's, yeah, I do want to talk about that at some point. Yeah, we'll get uh, there. But, yeah, and you're also given gifts, and not everyone knows what their gifts are, and even if you think you know what your, your gifts are, you probably have more because uh, humans are pretty awesome. Uh, so like the first step of that is figuring out what you have to give. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that that's really great. Um I've found that over and over whenever you know, I think about um where I can make an impact in the world and where I'm, you know, best served. Um I find that my inner circles, so my family, my closest friends, um, yeah, what I mean, draw the line where you want, but I find that the people that are closest to me also I have the biggest impact on, and so that's where I'm due, I'm due to them my time and my priority first, mm. and so we talk about like going out and evangelizing or doing uh, whatever, which is great, but. I think you're going to have less of an impact on those people than you are the people immediately around you. Is that what um, you're yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's not to say that you're not going to have a great impact on those. If you were to, you know, move to another country and start evangelizing there, whatever. Um, but at the same time, I think we have, a. um, I don't have a specific Bible reference behind this, but it's repeated that um, like the head of the household has a duty to uh, their family. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I believe that I have a responsibility to my siblings and I can touch them in a way that few other people can. Are you thinking of First Timothy 5? It talks about whoever doesn't provide for their family and especially for their... Or, Provide for their relatives and especially for their own household. They've denied the faith. Is that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think that's kind of that idea. Yeah, that that idea. Yeah. Mentioned a few times, but yeah. Um. And so yeah, when I, when I was thinking of stewardship, that's kind of where my mind went. Is mm-hmm. I don't have to go out and do this great thing or, um. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be extravagant. It can be in my own home. Yeah, when I th- when I read that verse in First Timothy, uh, I'll say it again just so 
you guys can re- recall. Um, if anyone then, uh, or wait, I don't know. If you can't provide for, for your own relatives and especially for your own household, you've denied the faith and you're worse than an unbeliever. So when I heard that, I was like, whoever doesn't provide for them financially, that's like where my mind went. Uh, but as I was reading through Genesis this past month, uh, Lot is like taken captive by some kings after a fight. And Abraham hears about this. Or I think Abram at the time, technically. And dude goes and like goes across countries and chases them and takes 318 men with him and rescues Lot and all the possessions. And I was like, that's also a form of providing for your family and, and your household, right? Um, not necessarily here. I'm going to give you dinner tonight. I'm going to do this, but also doing things for them to protect them and stuff like that. Or yeah, like Drew was saying, like teaching or impacting or um, reflecting or being vulnerable. Like there's so much you can do for your family besides monetary financial support yeah um but seems like a good segue into what you want to talk about money yeah okay so i listened to a dave ramsey episode nice uh before this and it was five biblical principles for spending money or, or for using your money uh and so i only pulled one of those but um it says this is Luke 14, 28. I have two uh, pieces of scripture from Luke 14. The first one says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? So I take that as like, you like we all have our gifts. Don't commit to something that you know is not going to be finished. And I don't really know how that applies with... Um, with like your talents and stuff. But here it certainly says with your money, basically don't go halfway. Um, yeah. Hmm. And so, well, what Dave Ramsey applied to that was you need to have a, a budget. So you know how you're spending your money. Sure. Like, Cause it says, uh, you need to have a plan. Um, although maybe that's, maybe that's also the side of it is you need to like plan out how you're going to spend your money or spend your resources. Um, in the book that I'm reading, the guy recommends that, yeah, um, that you not just give money to the church when you get your paycheck, but you should schedule it so you give every Sunday. Hmm. Who is Dave Ramsey? Wow. You know, what? Never heard of him. Okay, he is a financial guy uh, that like helps people when they're in debt. And, like that's what he's known for. Um, I think it's like the biggest radio show in America or something like that. It, it's pretty big. Really? The Dave Ramsey show. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in school, actually, my my business class went through his course. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So um, he has a radio show and his story is like he used to be big into real estate, but he was borrowing money all the time. And then eventually the bank like cut him off and a bunch of people sued him and he went bankrupt and then worked his way up to be a multimillionaire. Uh, through these five pillars. Wow. And, okay. And he's a Christian guy, so yeah. he, mm-hmm. he has a lot of good words on uh, yeah. spending money biblically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. He uh, 
he told this story of how he went to like this, uh, like money coaching seminar or whatever. And at the end, the guy was like, but you can't make money unless, or you can't, um, you can't be a good businessman unless you have Christian morals because people are more likely to follow and give to a servant than they are a leader, Hmm. which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. So it's not just that you give, but it's the manner in which you give it. Mm, yeah. Um, and then uh, the other the other point here um, in Luke 14 is Luke 14, 33. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Now, I think that means a lot more than just giving up the possessions that you have. Um, I think it means letting go of the things you hold on to. Um but, um, and that you need to be willing to give up everything, um, given, uh, given the calling. Uh, so for me being a college student, I don't feel like, uh, giving up everything, uh, I have because I don't have much money to begin with. So I'm pretty frugal with my money. Um, I don't like to go out that much. Um, I'm careful to, like, I don't know, even if it's like bowling, like I don't want to spend money on bowling. It's like, I don't have to, I have my Rubik's cube at home. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, like I have other things that I can be doing, not spending money. So in that sense, I feel like I'm like, it's good. Um, because I'm not unnecessarily spending my money, but I'm also very hesitant to give to other people, uh, which is the hindrance. And I've always like had this in my head, like, Oh, uh, when I have, um, when I have a job, when I'm older, when I'm out of college, then I'll, then I'll give. Right. And you know, Dave Ramsey really reiterated this, uh, money doesn't, or if you have more money, it doesn't, uh, make you a better person or whatever. It just emphasizes who you are. Sure. So he says, if you're more likely to keep your money when you're poor, you're also more likely to keep it when you're rich. Sure. Um, which really hit me hard because I'm like, okay, <laughs> maybe I should be giving when I don't even have that much to give. Right. Um, so thoughts, because I, I struggle with that a lot. Yeah. I have a couple of thoughts. Um, one, I think I heard Dave Ramsey say this, but like, um, you can tell a lot. I'm paraphrasing. You can tell a lot about who a person is by looking at their checkbook. Oh, um, <laughs> And so uh, the, which is to say that you put your money in what is most important to you. Like that that's, if you're willing to invest time and money there, yeah, that's what's important to you. So, um, I do think that is a good, uh, maybe litmus test for, um, you know, looking at what am I focusing on right now and how am I being a steward of my own resources is kind of straight up like what what are my payments on right now and uh, you know what what's the idea of those are they glorifying to God yeah. yeah one of the one of the ways that I see myself giving money in the future which like I just said I should be doing now uh, my dad he would always like at family get-togethers, he'd be like, 
uh, to the little kids. Hey, do you want to, you want to get five bucks? And then he would like give them a challenge to do. And so (laughs) (laughs) I remember one year, uh, he he told my little cousin, uh, that if she ran out in the snow and did a full, like laid belly and face on the, uh, in the snow and did a snow angel for five seconds, they need to give her $5. (laughs) Um, and she did, it was, it was hilarious. And like, I, I want to be able to do that someday, but like, why can't I start doing that now? Uh, yeah. in that fun, fun sort of, yeah. Exploit people. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's just, no, I, I can't. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, in my book that I'm reading, one of the things that he, uh, talked about is that when you're not giving, like, think about what that says to God. It's saying, uh, I don't trust that I'll be given these in the future. Um, I don't trust I'll be taken care of, uh, stuff like that. And that was also very convicting for me because, yeah. like, you, yeah, I am going to get money in the future. Like, so it's almost not trusting God to not give money. I think we're getting into like a very, like, challenging um subject throughout the bible about like how greed can factor into this how charity factors in how um you know prosperity comes into this um because like he says he provides for like the birds and stuff so like why would he not take care of you so i mean that's that's definitely true like you should trust that but it might not be in the form of of money like Mm -hmm. you don't um, like honestly, everything we have, like you said, we have these two resources, time and money time we do have, but <laughs> I don't, I would, I could argue that we don't even have money like that, that it's all on everything under the sun belongs to God. Mm-hmm. Um, and stewardship means to manage. So like the money that we have is God's money that we get to manage and, um, I think you could say the same thing though for time. Okay, yeah, we've been given time. I guess yeah, we don't even have time because yeah, life is not promised. And that's another point as to why you should be stewardess is because you don't even have anything to begin with. So right, um, yeah, it's God's and, right. Anything that you're given, like it, it yeah. by default belongs to God. Go read uh, Job thirty-eight through forty-one. <laughs> yeah, right. Everything is God's. Um, so. Yeah, I've, um, you mentioned this earlier, Winston, but even like the verse, it's easier for a camel to fit through the eye of a needle yeah. than for a rich man to get into heaven. I've, I've heard that verse talked about before, and I feel that it's most of the time kind of, it's been dismissed. I've heard it explained before, but I feel like a lot of people... There's a lot of other verses about this, too, about giving everything that you have to God. And in my mind, I still wrestle with, like, to what extent do I, you know, am I do anything? Like, if I was to have a really nice house and a really nice car, it's, I mean, this is a million times easier said than done. But, like, what am I doing with that? And... Like, what's the difference between having that and still being uh, 
glorifying to God and just being rich. Yeah. Um, you know, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. I don't think that's meant to be taken literal for the reason I talked about earlier. And also, um, if you have money um, and you give it all away, that's that's going to be a lot. But uh, your pro- your perpetual giving will be less because you won't have that um, that base to give from in the future. So it says give everything, but I think it means more accurately don't be attached to anything. Um, I like that um, because, I mean, stewardship, like, I don't know, my overarching view now that we've talked about it for a bit is that it really is just to manage what God's given us, but like, yeah, not to, not to depend on it and not to need it. Um, like have everything surrendered so that if it is taken away, like it doesn't really affect you because you know, it was God's in the first place. Um, I forget where I was going with that. keep talking okay Okay. um so that also makes me think of the story of the widow's mite and this widow who has nothing is giving her all and these people who have lots are giving what i kind of forget whether like if it specifies the amount but i i think it's still like a significant amount Mm -hmm. that these more wealthy people are giving um, but the wealthier people are also making kind of a big deal about their giving and mm-hmm. like, they're like, look, I, I'm like giving all of this. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that goes back to the heart of giving is, um, you know, just as important. Yeah. Uh, do you think, you think we should strive to give like Nicodemus? Because on the one end, I say no because he was uh, he was timid about the faith that he had, it seems. Um, but on the other end, like Drew was just saying, like you don't want to be overly you don't want to be boastful, and you don't want to um, be flaunting the money that you're giving. So where does that fit in? Um, I don't have... I thought that we're going to leave unanswered. <laughs> I don't have the answer for that. Yeah. Not saying that I ever do for any of the questions that you ask. But if you're... Um, maybe this sounds redundant, but if you're giving out of a pure heart, you're not going to be flaunting it. Yeah. Like, it the action is a result of the, or the effect is a result of the cause. So, mm-hmm. like, well, a soft heart will lead to, you know. Essentially, uh, whether you are timid about your faith or you're not timid about your faith, we should give like Nicodemus regardless. Um. Yeah, I mean, in a quieter uh, yeah. sense. 
I forget like what what does it like Nicodemus. Sorry, I'm thinking. You're good. When you say timid, you you mean that Nicodemus was not just like stead in his faith. He wasn't or steadfast. Um, I mean, like, wasn't it that I'm I'm having trouble recalling the story. He he. I mean. He was very secretive about the way he would approach Jesus when he did. Sure. Right. I mean, he went to him by night, probably because he didn't want to be seen. Like he was, he was almost scared that he had faith. Um, and that's what I mean by today. sure. Yeah, I'd probably separate like the idea of um yeah. his heart for that though was to understand Jesus. So. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't think that's timid. I think like we were talking about earlier with our talents and stuff, he might not have that same, you know, um, want to be in the spotlight, want to deal with, he, he might not have the same defenses. Like some people are really good at defending their themselves or cause obviously the Pharisees were, they like knew everything about yeah. like the Jewish law and they yep. would, they would come into Cadimus and like say these things. Maybe he doesn't have that gift of, mm-hmm defense and um i don't know he's using his other gift of curiosity yeah Hmm. that's a thought one other thing i want to touch on with money i'm not really sure how this relates to oh okay so this is just a general thought of spending your money uh on yourself okay so because we all do that (laughs) um with I, I read this this book, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and in that he talks about uh, spending spending less. I don't really remember how that fits into the book or what what section it. I think simplicity. Um, anyways, uh, he claims you should have a simpler life, like wear less clothes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so with purchases, he claims that a lot of the times uh, you spend. You spend X amount of money, but you're also spending a lot of time with that purchase that isn't initially recognized. So mm-hmm. his example is a motorcycle. You buy a motorcycle for a couple grand, um, but then after that, it's not just like you don't just buy it and then that's it. Right. You buy it and then you spend time on it. If you don't spend time, then it wasn't a worthwhile purchase. So you have to spend time on it. And then, oh, you also have to buy gas and Oh, oil. Oh, um, if it needs repaired at some point, all of these things uh, come along with the purchase rather than just giving that money. So um, it's also important if we're talking about the allocation of money um, for the money that you do spend on yourself, be more cautious of how much you're actually giving to that thing. Right. Like my Rubik's Cube costs 30, 40 bucks, but I've. I guarantee I put 200 hours on it, sure. if not more, um, which you would never expect out of a $40 thing. Sure. Right. So it's given me a, a lot more, um, or it's taken from me rather a lot more time and resources than I, than you'd think. So it for sure gets tricky when you start like really digging deep and looking at it with the microscope, like, okay, this purchase, like, what what's that doing? And, um, like, this discussion isn't going far enough to talk about each type of purchase yeah. and where mm-hmm. that's going to go. Um, we're more big picture here. 
um, even going back to the motorcycle, I do think um, we're for sure given room for just pleasure and, you know, um, fun kind of on our own terms. I mean, clean, but clean pleasure, but um, that's not, I don't think it's condemned to like go right around on your motorcycle and just like kind of just for fun. But yeah, I, I think it's good to look at the big picture of that and say like, yeah, where's my heart? If in you're trying problem? to justify it by saying, oh, it's just this much. Right. It's actually going to be a lot more. Yeah. So just be be considerate of that information, I'd say. Not to restrict. I'm not going to buy anything because it's actually taking way more of my <laughs> time than I thought. Um, so, uh, So is, you guys think that stewardship is mostly a money thing? Or like, so uh, for me, I would say that it is because I struggle with that the most. I'm more inclined to give you my time. Although, interestingly enough, it would, okay, so if someone were to either give you money or time, what do you think would like mean more to them? Because really time is worth more because you can't get it back and um, once you use it, then it's gone. I just said the same thing twice. Anyways, <laughs> so it means more. But given our youthful age, we devalue time because we have so much of it. Sure. And we know we have so much sure. of it. Whereas money, it's, it's kind of inverse. The older you get, are you sleeping, Simon? No, I'm no. looking at my fingers. Okay. <laughs> um, whereas when you get older, you have less time, so you value that more. And you realize, oh, I have this money. Like, that's it's just money. Which is kind of just backwards. Like, now we don't have money. So any money we do have, we're like, ah, oh, money. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I So we talked about being introspective earlier and, like, figuring out what your talents are. But I don't know. Now I'm kind of seeing the danger in introspection and, like, thinking about, like, oh, this time could be spent here and this money could be spent here. And like all this, like overthinking can cause you to not be as present as you could possibly be. Yeah. Hmm. I have two thoughts, both like Winston on what you're saying. I think it is kind of fickle to try to uh, quantify all these things and turn it into numbers and like what, which is more valuable. Like, um, I think you can overthink that when you're trying to yeah, turn it all into numbers and try yeah, to... Yeah, certainly. Yeah, which is more... Uh, yeah, it, that becomes quite difficult. Um, and then with what you were saying, Simon, um, like what, when we do try to do that and like go into introspection mode, I think so much of this is a double-edged sword. So to everything that you do, I said everything, most things that you do, there's, it can always be twisted for the worse. Um, uh, pride can come in and destroy the act of giving or the act of prayer or the act of reading or fasting or any of these 
can be destroyed by your own motives and putting yourself at the center. And so if I were to boil all of this down to one kind of baseline, uh, I like bottom line more, bottom line <laughs> statement, I would say who's at the center of your life? Is it you or is it God? Yeah. And if God is at the center, then there's no question about where your heart is at and in making these decisions, which is, you know, it's easier to say it's so hard to do. But uh, I'd, I like that as a bottom line statement for all of this. Yeah, certainly we should view stewardship as we have these things. And like if you're giving money to the church, for example, like, yeah, you're giving the money to the church, but whatever you're doing, like you're giving the, your resources through stewardship to God. You're using God's resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you're returning them. Yeah, I don't. Can I get I, a return on this? I'm, I'm seeing like, like with this spiritual discipline, and and we've already gone through a bunch, so we kind of have a a view of of multiple that it's just like if you're trying to figure out, oh, how do I like discipline myself to get a closer relationship with God? Like, as a steward. Like what Drew was saying, you have to have the right heart behind it. And um, I don't know. W- w- we've talked about a lot in this episode. It's Definitely. it's many different things. It's actions. It's It can cover money. It can cover time. It can cover responsibilities. It can cover bearing fruit. Um, action. Like, yeah. I, there's no, like, there's no tangible thing that, stewardship is but it's a lot easier to say here's how to pray here's how to read yeah but there is certainly a lot in the bible which we found in our our research for this episode so um obviously the best way to understand it is not from what we say about stewardship it's from reading but um i don't know i am satisfied with my conclusion that i got from the episode Mm -hmm. um i'm going to um you know i i like to journal so after every day, I'm going to run through the fruits of the spirit and figure out which one of those I tackled that day or if I did. Do you journal every day? Uh, every morning, yeah. But oh. I could do more. That's admirable. Um, I, I'm definitely going to, I'm coming away with this in the sense that um, the uh, these aren't my resources, right? Um, but it's very easy to attach them to label them as my resources um, and say, how am I going to allocate these of mine? Right. Whereas really like it's not mine. Just let go. Right. Um, th- I mean, this one really stuck out to me. Those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciple. Yeah. Just be, be okay to let go. So. Steward number three, what do you have to say? Uh, I made my closing statement in my last That's spiel. far. That's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. After much stewing, we have come to a conclusion. Oh! <laughs> um, yeah. Great episode, fellas. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's wrap it up. <sighs> I was going to say one more thing, but now Go I for forget. Oh. No, I think, <laughs> I think we wrapped it up pretty nicely there. Yeah, for real.
Okay. Well, we are back for the semester, which means that we need more input, more ideas. Because um, we're going to be finishing our spiritual disciplines. So yes, we're not sure. We we have thoughts, but we're not yeah. exactly sure. Yeah, where we have going. ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as always, we are so thankful uh, for everyone who listens. We hope that um, as we steward our time towards this podcast, it can be somewhat of a blessing to those who receive it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, do you guys have anything else? Stew on. That was pretty stewy of you. I'm going to go be studious. Ah. Oh! That's cool. Okay. We better shut this off before any more magic. Okay. Farewell. Farewell.